Welcome to the podcast of Sozo Church. For more information about Sozo, please visit sozosmtx.com. All right, all right, all right. Well, hey, I got a question for you. Would you give someone unrestricted access to follow you around with a recording device and record one week of your life. A lot of nervous giggling and laughter here. You don't get to pick the week. You don't know when they're coming, they're gonna record a snapshot of your life. Well, this morning I want us to look at one week in the life of Simon Peter, one of Jesus's guys. And uh, we're gonna look at part of the passage that uh, that Dustin just read, but Peter's an interesting guy in that Peter is an emotional guy. You you like emotional people? I mean, sometimes he is just sky high, sometimes he's down deep low. And so, I mean, he's all over the map and uh, he he will say some of the most powerful things. I remember he he tells Jesus, he says, right before the cross, he says, Jesus, I'll never leave you. Even though the rest of these guys might leave you, not me, I will never leave you. And then just hours later, he denies Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times. Can, can you relate to that? Yeah, I think we all can. But can I tell you what? There was something that happened in Peter's life that changed everything for, for him. I mean, he looked completely different. And that thing is the resurrection of Jesus, and so we're gonna look at Jesus uh, at Peter on the right side of the cross. Before he met Jesus on, in resurrection power, he really was all over the map. But, but what happened was on that resurrection evening, Jesus, there, I mean, all the disciples, this extended group of disciples are in this upper room, doors are locked, they're fearful of the Jewish authorities and so they're just, I don't know what they're doing. There's been all kind of reports about Jesus, but no one is quite sure if Jesus is really alive. And Jesus just walks right into the room. And I believe this moment changed Peter's life. He, he said, peace be with you. Is there a time when peace is the only thing you really, really crave? At that moment, they needed peace. Their life was in turmoil. But he looked at me, he says, as the Father has sent me, I send you. He says, listen, the commission is still good. It's it's gonna happen. And then he did something that was the game changer. Scripture says he breathed the breath of life into these disciples. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. That was the game changer. The power source changed everything for Peter. No longer was Peter trying to follow the, the bearded, sandaled rabbi around Judea. Now he has the very spirit of that rabbi living inside of him. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. 50 days later, Pentecost comes. The Spirit of God is poured out on everyone, all flesh, the scripture says. And Peter gets the distinction of preaching the first spirit-filled evangelistic sermon, okay? And I mean, he just goes for it. And it must've been pretty good because there's 3,000 people who said yes to Jesus. That's a pretty good Sunday, pretty good day. And so that's the story. That's kind of where we're at. I I believe that wrecked 
Peter's life in a really, really good way. But one of the things that rang in his ears were, was the, the words of Jesus, the Great Commission, as you're going, as you're going, make disciples of all nations. Now, the radical thing about that was not so much the make disciples, it was the of all nations. Because in those, at that time, the only ones that had been the the exclusive ones who've got it all together were the Jews. Jesus never required conversion to Judaism in anyone he met. You notice that? He meets people from all kinds of worlds. Syrophoenician woman, the woman at the well, all the Samaritan woman, all of these different people. And what does he tell them? Follow me, because I'm gonna give you living water that you'll never thirst again. I'm gonna give you the bread of life that's gonna change everything in you. Everything had to do with life. And so Peter is, is remembering this, but he, he knows that it's more than just sharing the gospel about getting people to heaven. You know what I mean? Isn't that our gospel? Well, you know, give your life to Jesus so you don't burn in hell and you get to go to heaven. Can I tell you, there was never the message of the early church. It was this message. It was, listen, you give your life to Jesus and he'll become your Lord and you get to be his disciple. You, you see the exchange? It was all about the Lordship of Jesus. Jesus, you are Lord, and I get to have you living in me and through me as your disciple who makes a difference in the world. Yes. And so that, that's what's going on here. And so Peter, he understands something about Jesus being his source. He understands, as Paul would say it this, this way, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? who is in you, that you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. It's this a whole new way of plugging into the source that's within you. And so listen to this. This is Peter's life verse. If we could, could have this up there. This is in uh, 1 Peter 3.15. This is Peter's version of the Great Commission. He says this, in your hearts, rever or honor Christ as Lord. You hear that? We don't like to talk a lot about lordship, but can I, can I tell you, you cannot be a disciple of Jesus unless he is Lord because he's the king of the kingdom and that's all about lordship. And sometimes we want the kingdom without the king, right? Jesus is the king. And so wherever in your hearts, Jesus is Lord. He's saying this is how life begins. Everything is from the source of Jesus is Lord and always be prepared to give an answer or an account. Your story, your story to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that's in you. But do it with gentleness and respect. He said every person, the next person that you come in contact with, just be looking for opportunity as they ask. Can I tell you, people will ask if they see a difference. If they see you plugged in, to the source, if they see you connected to Jesus, you'll be lit up like a 100 watt bulb and they'll say, "What? tell me about what's going on in you. And Peter says, look, you, you just give an account for the hope that's in you. Paul said it this way, it's Christ in you. It's the hope of glory. He's our hope and we're his glory everywhere we go. And so that's kind of Peter's deal everywhere he goes. So we, we pick up a week in Peter's life. If you have your scripture, turn with me to Acts chapter nine. And we're gonna be covering some of the passage that uh, 
Dustin set us up with, but Acts 9, starting with verse 32. Here's Peter. He's traveling around the country and he's gonna be visiting some of the churches that were planted. Just, and it's basically just a bunch of disciples of Jesus that get together in homes. That's what the church looked like. And so Peter is, is as he's going... Remember the words of Jesus. As he's going, he's just looking for the activity of God. God, where are you at work? And he comes upon a man by the name of Aeneas. Everybody say Aeneas. Aeneas is a guy who has been paralyzed for eight years. He's been bedridden for eight years. And Peter comes up to him in verse 34 and he says, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Let that sink in. Jesus Christ heals you. Get up, roll up your mat, and immediately Aeneas got up. Now, what's going on here? He says, Jesus Christ heals you. See, there's power in the name. There's power in the name of Jesus. Christ means the anointed one. It means the Messiah. It means the king of the kingdom. He's saying, listen, the king of the kingdom, the Messiah, the anointed one, the one who has the spirit of God just dripping off of him has come into the place and his name is Jesus. Jesus means saved, healed, delivered, freed, made whole. That's sozo. Jesus was walking sozo. Everywhere he went, the Messiah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the sozo, when he came into the room, there was hope of healing because he carried healing in him. That's who he was, right? Now here's, let's act, can we activate this a little bit? If you're here this morning and you've had some kind of a chronic uh, illness, and you need Jesus Christ to heal you. I want you to stand to your feet. Okay? All right. This is going to be fun this morning. If you're here this morning and you know somebody that is not here that needs to be healed, and you pray for them regularly for be healed, for, to be healed, I want you to stand up for them. Okay? All right, we're getting a lot now. Now, the rest of you, there's two types of people here. Those who need to be prayed for and those who need practice praying, right? So guess who you are if you're sitting down, okay? I want you to extend your hands to the people that are standing up, okay? If you came here with them and they're okay with it, you can touch them on the shoulder or whatever. But I want you, if you are standing, I want you and you're the person who's receiving prayer, put your hand on the place in your body that you need Jesus Christ to heal you, okay? Okay? I know this is getting crazy. It's like playing Twister, isn't it? I got y'all too many instructions here. And here's what I want you to do. Those who are praying, I want you to just say simply with me, Jesus Christ heals you. Say it again. Jesus Christ heals you. One more time. Jesus Christ heals you. Now, if, if you're the one, one of the ones getting prayed for, I want you to try it out a little bit. If it's a back, if it's a whatever it is, okay? See, see if, there's, if, if Jesus Christ has come in, the King of Kings, and touched you, okay? If you need to go to the doctor or something like that, do that. Let me, let Joel, let somebody know about it. Here's the idea. We are authorized. Jesus said all authority in heaven and earth has been given him. Now, you go and you make disciples 
you do the healing, you do the praying, you do all of these things and we get to play, right? Yes. So I, I want us one more time, I want you to just extend your hands to, to them and I want you to say, Jesus Christ heals you. And Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are here and that you are ready to save, heal, deliver, make whole in this place and in this place because our bodies are the temples of your Holy Spirit, God. Inside out, soul, mind, emotions, will, physical bodies be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Okay, so that, that's what's going on. In a day in Peter's life, one week in, in his life, he's going through town and he sees somebody that needs healing. Well, guess what happens? Let's look at the next verse here. Um, we have that overhead on that. He said, Jesus heals you, and then look what happens. All those, wait, did we get, okay. He said, get up, roll up your mat, and immediately he got up. He was healed, immediately. Now, there's, I want you to get a word in that other word. Give me that other verse, and then we're gonna come to 35. In verse 34, he says, your action is to get up, okay? We're beginning a new series called Let's Go. And the first step of Let's Go is get up, okay? Get up, let's go. And so Peter says, look, Jesus is the one who's gonna heal you, right? But we, are dele we have delegated power because we are his sons and daughters, his ambassadors, but it requires that, that the person that's been down for eight years to get up and go. Take up his mat and go. So that's the first step is get up. And I, and I think that's what I'll just call this message, get up, because that's our part in the deal. Now, I want you to see what happens here. Go to the next verse. It says in verse 35, all those who lived in Leda, that's the city they're in, and in Sharon, which is right next to it, saw him, Aeneas, and turned to the Lord. You know what that's called? That's called power evangelism. When people see the power of God in someone's life, when, when ben, ben Zamora was raised from the dead, had been electrocuted and was in a coma and didn't think he was gonna make it, and now he's in here worshiping Jesus as hard as anybody, guess what? Everybody who's around him knows that and the word gets out, okay? And so Peter is there in Lydda and word gets out in a neighboring town in Joppa, okay? Because jo uh, he's got disciples in Joppa, he's gonna go check on them next. But word gets out that Peter is there and a miracle has taken place, that Jesus is in the place and everybody in the town says yes to Jesus as Lord, not just I wanna go to heaven, but I'm gonna follow him, he's Lord, I'm his disciple, right? And so what happens is, um, in the neighboring town in Joppa, there's a lady by the name of Tabitha. And Tabitha is a lady that everybody loves. She's a seamstress. She makes robes and beautiful things. And the Bible says she did good to everyone and she cared for the poor. I mean, everybody loved Tabitha. They, and, and, and the Bible says in the Greek, her name is Dorcas. But you know what? I, I, I'm so grateful that in the great Dorcas means gazelle or deer. Aren't you glad? Dorcas didn't mean that whenever I was growing up, okay? 
It was not a good thing to be called the dorks, but, but I'm okay with, with gazelle or, or uh, deer. And so she, it says this wonderful lady who everybody loved in town, she gets sick and she dies. That's, that's not good. She dies. And so some of the, a couple of the disciples who were there go over to Lydda and they, they fetch Peter and they say, come with us. There's an opportunity. And Peter goes and when he gets there, it says the widows that are there are crying, they're weeping, they're distraught, they're brokenhearted. And we pick it up in the next verse here. In um, what verse are we in now? Give me, give me the next one here. There we go. Let's pick it up in 40. Peter goes in and he sends out all of the widows. Then he goes down on his knees he got down on his knees and he prayed. Turning to the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, what do you say? Get up. get up. Tabitha, get up. Come alive. That's what he's really saying is, Tabitha, your body is dead. Come alive. And it says in the, in the scripture, it goes on, it says, she opened her eyes and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by her hand, helped her to her feet. Then he called for all the believers, especially those widows, and presented her to them alive. Don't you love that word, alive? Alive, I mean, I mean are you alive? Do you have the presence of life in you? You know, you know, it's really easy to go through life, just kind of go through the motions and stuff and never be alive. You know what I mean? Most people are dead men and women walking. They're, they're absence of life. They go through the motions, they do all the things, but they have no life in them. She was laid out, she couldn't do anything, but she was about to be filled with the breath of life and become alive. And it says that, well, let me just ask you this. Do, do you ever feel dead inside? the absence of life? Do you, do you ever feel disconnected from the power source? You ever feel like you're just, you're really striving and struggling to make it on your own? You gotta figure things out. You gotta reason it out, work it out, figure it out. And you feel dead inside. Can I tell you, that's how most of the world lives, but that's not how most of the world has to live. And so Peter is there and he's, He's, he's going to address this thing. See, salvation is really all about our power source. I thought that was pretty good. It, it really is. It's all about our source of power. I mean, if you don't take anything away from this morning other than that, it's about our source of power. And most of us, you know who most of our source of power is? We live in America and we're Texans on top of that. Now I can do it, right? It's, yeah, I'm a can-do person. I pull myself up by my bootstraps. I'm Texan-American, you know? <laughs> Wrong power source. And so the, the source, salvation, is life. You know, when Jesus comes to earth, he says, I came that you might have 
life. And life better than you ever imagined. What does he say? He says, I am the resurrection and the life. What do you think Tabitha would have said? Yep. He's the resurrection and the life. See, see, most of us want to be resurrected, but we don't want to live out a life as disciples of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I love what John says. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. See, most of the time, we, we want to make it about doing the right things, about being good people. But Jesus never made it about that. Jesus was all about returning us to the garden. You know what I'm saying? Genesis 2 says it like this. He says that, that God took man, he, 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 he got him from the dirt, the dust, he formed him into fashion and he, and he blew the breath of life into the nostrils of man and he became a living soul or a living being. You see how it all started out? With the breath of God's life in us. But the next couple of verses says this, there are two trees in the middle of the garden. We're back in the garden now. See, most everything revolves around two trees in a garden. Hello, can I really simplify life for you? The real question is, which tree are you eating from? The tree of life, which is the life of Jesus, or the tree of knowledge? Now here's where it gets tricky. The tree of knowledge, there's two sources, tree of life, tree of knowledge. There's two choices, you would think. But religion kind of twists this up a little bit because here's what religion really says. It says, okay, you're in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, okay? What we want you to do is stop being evil and start being good. Hello? Isn't that what, how most of us figure things out? Gotta stop being bad and start being good. Can I tell you the issue is never good or bad, right or wrong. It's always life or death. Are you alive or are you dead? That's all Jesus is after. Are you alive or are you dead? But here's what religion does. Religion says, yeah, there's two trees in the garden, but let's look at this tree of knowledge that we can all understand. And, and now let's just look at two branches, evil and good. So you've been bad boy, let's make you a good boy. And so now you've got the tree of the knowledge of good. And so you're a good Christian. If you work really, really hard, then one day when you die, you can go to heaven. How many of you got that message somehow subliminally or, or some, maybe it was really, can I tell you what? That is a lie from the pit of hell. Okay? It is. It is. There's two trees in the garden. It's either life or death. Okay? And in our own knowledge to be good, we will die. We will die. So that's what's going on here. And, and, and you might think, well, God, we kind of went off track here. Maybe we did, but I think that's the bottom line is we need, there, there's some people here, some of us here today that need to switch trees, not switch branches. Hello? 
And so just, just making it simple for you, I think that's the bottom line here. Now let's look at the next deal, the result of Tabitha's breath of life. Look at, look at uh, verse 42 here. It says, Tabitha comes alive and this became known all over Joppa. Many people believed in the Lord. What's going on? That's, that's resurrection evangelism. Can I tell you, I believe if a couple people, what they say one, if we had one resurrection here at Sozo, my guess would be word would get out. I believe it would get out. I believe that we wouldn't have any trouble filling this place up. See, people want something that really has life in it. They want to be connected to the source of life. So let's, let's keep moving here now. Right, so we, we've looked at a resurrection. We've looked at a healing. This third scenario, the last one we'll look at is the third in the same week in Peter's life. And so we're moving now, we've moved from one city to another city. We've we moved from a local expression to a regional expression, right? Just in a couple days. And now we're gonna look at a global experience. This is how the kingdom of God advances. Peter is now in Joppa, right? It's where, he, where he's healed Tabitha. Does anybody know where Peter ends up staying in Joppa? What's in the Bible there? You could just keep reading it. It's, it's, it says in, in the next verse here, in verse 43, it says, Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a tanner named Simon. Two Simons in one house, okay? Now, does anybody know what a tanner is? Tanner, you know, leather, that kind of thing. How many of you know it's a nasty, stinky job, okay? If any of you are tanners, it's probably a little cleaner today, and God bless you. But can I tell you what? Tanners were outcasts of the day. Uh, it was not illegal to be a tanner uh, within Judaism, but you were unclean most of the time. Tanners were put on the very edge of town because the smell was so bad. You know, all the dead carcasses and all the stuff they're making you know, tents and bags and, and leather coats. They're making all kind of stuff. People needed that stuff. Can I tell you what's going on here? God is setting Peter up. How many of you realize most of life is about God's setup for you? God's at work in your life to get you where he wants you to be so he can do what only he can do through you in real time and real place, right? How many of you know also that as he's working on you, he's working on the other end of his initiative in somebody else's life? That should be encouraging for some of you who, who, who wanna get married, you know? God's working, right? That should be encouraging for some of you who are looking for a job God's working on both ends. That should be encouraging for us in every area of our life. See, that's why prayer is so important. It's exactly what Dustin was saying. And so we're in Joppa at the house of Simon the Tanner, two Simons, one house, stinky. You got it? Smelly all the time. And so it, it kind of changes the story. The next snapshot goes to what, what, um, what Dustin was sharing about in Caesarea, which is about 35 miles north of Joppa. Okay, give you a little bit of, and there's a man by the name of Cornelius. Cornelius is a Roman centurion. He's over a hundred men. He's a soldier, but, but 
we got the profile already. He's a praying man. He's a giving man. And God comes and visits him through a vision with an angel. How many of you know that sometimes God has to use things that kind of offend our minds to affect our heart? Okay? That's why, I mean, you know, how many of you say, I wouldn't mind having a vision and an angel? Okay. Well, that'd be good. And so God comes to him. He says, listen, I have got the answer to everything you've been praying for. And here's what I want you to do, Cornelius. I want you to send a couple of your servants and one of your soldiers to Joppa and tell them when they get to Joppa to go to the stinkiest house they can find and ask for a guy by the name of Simon called Peter. Okay, that's the assignment. God's working on this end of the initiative. Okay, on the other end of the initiative, guess what? He's working on Simon Peter. He's already set him up. He's already, he's already taken him to some folks that, that needed healing. Then he, he, he kind of raises the bar a little bit more and said resurrection. Some of you are thinking, well, can you get any higher than resurrection? Can I tell you, I think you can get higher than resurrection. I think when God goes after those things, those areas in our life that are unapproachable, he takes you to a new realm. Let me say what I'm saying here. Generational prejudices are probably the hardest thing in the world to break. Are you with me? Okay, we talk about generational prejudices. Peter's a guy over here, he's like, I'm a devout Jew and Jews do Jew things. And over there is Cornelius. He says, I am a God-fearing Gentile and we do what God-fearing Gentile things do. <laughs> and God says, guess what? Erase the board. I'm after people that are wholeheartedly Jesus followers. I'm after people that are disciples of Jesus that will change the world, that will do things that nobody, they'll get up and change the world. He said, are you ready, Peter? Now let's, let's look at the story here because Peter's in, a, he's in the middle, he's up on a roof, it's around lunchtime and he is uh, there with the Lord and he falls into a trance. And here's what happens in that trance. Let's look at this scripture here. It says, he saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its all four corners. Is that all we got? Is there anything else? It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. And then he heard a voice from heaven. And this is the thing. Peter, arise, get up, kill and eat. So what has the Lord told you lately to do that was absolutely against Everything in your tradition, everything in your intellect, everything in your way of doing life. And he said, do something different. Peter had 1,400 plus years of doing religion in a certain way. He was a devout Jewish man. And God's saying, Peter, I'm getting ready to change the rules and include everybody. And if you wanna get in this, you're gonna have to get up and step into it. And so Peter had a choice to make. I mean, you know, I'm, I love it. I, when I read scripture, I just kind of crawl right in there into the skin of the people that it's about. And I'm thinking, well, is Peter gonna do this? Is he gonna get it right? Is he gonna play it safe? He got a group of people that, you know, I mean, he was one of Jesus' guys. He's, he's, 
in the inner circle already, or is he going to risk all of the criticism that he's going to get back in Jerusalem when he says, well, the Lord said to do something that none of us have ever done before, but to welcome all people into this gospel of the kingdom. See, there are a lot of things that will go against our natural inclinations because God wants to expand his kingdom beyond where we think the kingdom of God is. See, I grew up, I had a Baptist kingdom. Right? I thought the kingdom of God was about to look like a Baptist kingdom. It's gotten a little bigger, a little bit. How many of you know the kingdom of God's bigger than any of us can ever imagine? And so Peter is, is here. Look, look at the next uh, deal here. So Peter is, uh, sees God, how he's working over here. But God's saying, look, Peter, you're gonna have to repent. You're gonna have to change the way you think about everything, your prejudices, those things that you've prejudged, those things that you have ignorance of are gonna have to change. So Peter does what most of us do. He, he, tries, to, he tries to get God to repent. You know what I mean? How many of you have had a good argument with God lately? Well, God, you know, I've been, been a Christian a long time and I ain't never done any of those bad things before. I ain't hung out with those kinds of people. And God says, what? I want you to go to those bad kind of people because they need me. Says he does it three times. And about that time he hears knock on the door. Guess who it is? It's the boys from Caesarea. And they come in and let, let's look at the next scripture here. It says, while Peter, this is uh, verse uh, 19, while Peter was still thinking about the vision, the spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up. Is that word coming up a little bit? Get up and go downstairs. Can I, let me just say this. We can't stay where we are and the way we are and go on with God. We gotta get up. He says, get up, go downstairs. Don't hesitate to go with them for I've sent them. How many of you, it takes more than once, maybe three sheets, you know, all those things were touching each other in the sheet, you know, and, and, and a whole bunch of get up and go. And Peter gets it. They come and guess what he does? You see Peter's getting there. He invites them into his house and he stays there with them for a night. The next day they get up and they, they make a journey, like I say, a 35 mile journey or whatever to Caesarea. When they get to Caesarea, the house is full. Cornelius has all his family. He has workers. He has, he has everybody there. He says, what you got for us, Peter? We know the Lord has sent you. So send, give us the word. Now, you can look at that one or two ways. If you have a fear of man, that will be most, one of the most frightening uh, encounters you'll ever have. But if you have a heart for God and you begin to see the vastness that the kingdom has now opened up to be, and Peter steps in. These are, this is what I call threshold moments. Or will you step over the threshold or will you not? And Peter, Peter he steps right over and he begins to preach. Let's listen to what he says here. You, you see that he's starting to get it in verse uh, 34. He says, Peter began to speak. I now realize. Some of us are gonna get an I now realize moment. I, oh my goodness, I now realize 
how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation, right? That's the goal. Every nation, one who fears him and does what is right. You know, the message God sent to the people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. So, so he, he's just preaching right along and guess what happens? The Holy Spirit comes and interrupts his message. And guess what happens to all these Gentiles that are listening along? They start speaking in tongues. They start praising God. They start worshiping and Peter's going, wow, this is a little different than what I was expecting. <laughs> these guys are ready. These guys are hungry. He said, I don't guess there's anything to prohibit us from water baptizing every one of these guys, identifying them with Jesus, identifying with us, who he is. You know what happened there that day? They got connected to the power source. The power source was bigger than any kind of prejudices, any kind of traditions, any kind of intellect. And we've got to get over our intellects our traditions and all of those things and say, God, I need you more than anything else in my life. So I'm gonna, we're gonna do one last activation and then we're gonna worship our worship and the worship uh, prayer people are gonna come down. If y'all wanna start making your way down here. But here's the deal. I want you to stand. If you're one of those dead persons walking and you need the Holy Spirit you need to connect. You need to plug in to the Holy Spirit. If that's you, I want you to just stand to your feet. This might be the very first time in your life that you'd say, you know what? I realize that I've been eaten out of the wrong tree. It might be knowledge, but it's knowledge of good, but it's still the wrong tree. I need tree of life. And I want to say, Jesus, I want to make you my Lord. I wanna make you my savior. I need your, your healing. I need your salvation. I need to be whole. And so I want you to just, just pray this with me, this, this prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of living from the tree of knowledge. Lord Jesus, I repent of trying in my own strength. I repent of being my own source. I turn from my sin and self-sufficiency. And Jesus, I receive you as my source. My source of life. The breath of life. Breathe on us, Holy Spirit. Awaken dead souls today. Fill them with your life. Now, I just want you to make a declaration. Let's make it together. I declare that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Just say it out loud. I declare that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I confess that I'm born again. 
that I'm alive in the Spirit, a new creation in Christ, that I'm a disciple of Jesus. I just want to invite you to come forward and receive prayer. If you are one of those, I want you to just lift your hand. If you're one of those who said, this is the first time that I've ever given my life to Jesus. Okay? I want you to come. I want you to share that with somebody here and we'll help you take the next step. Maybe here today and you say, you know what, man? I, I just need a fresh and filling of the Spirit. I want you to come. Make yourself available. These folks have made themselves available. Maybe you need a physical touch. Whatever your need is, we just want to give that time to the Lord right now. Let's just stand to our feet and worship.